Welcome to another episode of Lunch with Gooch and Friends. And I got a very good friend here. I've just met him uh, a couple days ago, but automatically we hit it off. We are besties. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Of course, it's brought to you by the good people at the Hockey News and, of course, Fired Up Network. Listen, before I talk about all the great things that we're going to do on this show, I want to first do my take the jersey off my back. I was blessed to have worn this jersey for a charity event. I never got to see this guy play in the uh, German League, but I did get to play against him uh, in a bunch of charity games all around uh, the country. Eric Kuhnuckel. Uh, uh, one of the all-time greatest uh, hockey players coming out of Germany. Uh, he was hockey player of the century in 2000. He is a god, and I got a chance to play with him. So this jersey is up for sale. This is a jersey I actually wore in the uh, game. So all you Hamburg Crocodiles, you know that we won two German championships. I want you to bid on it. I need you to bid on it so we can help athletes that are suffering from concussions and, of course, mental health issues. Listen. This morning, I gave a show to my buddy, Phil Pritchard, just said, Pritch, what's going on? He says, Gooch, it's six o'clock in the morning. I said, what do you mean it's six o'clock in the morning? I'm in Vegas. He's setting up for Vegas. He was in the casino last night, pretty quiet. But as they walked out of the casino, the place is jamming. He's doing the Hockey Hall of Fame uh, Fan Fest. So make sure you watch our program because Phil is going to come live at the All-Star and we'll be talking to him about all the festivities. So we're excited about that. Also, do not forget that this is... Black History Month. We're going to talk to my guest a little bit about that. And, of course, tonight, Canada plays the Swiss. Yes, women hockey starts tonight at the Olympic. And Marie-Philippe Poulain is one of the flag bearers. We're so excited about it. And, of course, last night, Jack Campbell, I was the one that said it. Jordan was with me when I said he should not start last night's game. I thought they should have went Murgarazic. I can put my hand up right now and say I was wrong. Great call, Keith. You did a great job. And Jack Campbell, fantastic. Great on you. All right. Enough about this. Let's get to him. He is known as the sheriff, Sean McMorrow. He's sitting beside me. He runs a podcast called The Sheriff Podcast. Here he is, the sheriff. We can do the finger pump. There's supposed to be a glass uh, wall here, but we know that you're triple vaccinated. I'm triple vaccinated. Uh, and of course, it's the beauty and the beast. And you guys can figure out who the beauty and who the beast is. <laughs> Listen, what I want to talk to you about, thank you for, for joining us. Of course, you know, we've been doing this for a long time. I know you're doing a great job uh, along with your brother-in-law, Dan. You're doing a great job in bringing the, the, the game to light. Because sometimes, obviously, with you know regular TV, you can't get all those stories out there because there's just not enough time in prime time. And you are certainly bringing out some incredible mm -hmm. stories that I've been able to listen to. And now I got you here so we can chat. Yeah, I mean, I'm very excited to be on the show. So thank you very much. And you, what you were saying is I agree because I'm finding that the platform that I've been able to create by getting this opportunity, I can really speak about things that are important to not only the hockey player, but the hockey fan. Because I'm not only a former player, but I'm a huge fan. So that's the aspect that I appreciate the most. 
being able to have that platform. Well, a couple of days ago, we sat right around the table here. We've got a live audience. Uh, Danny, hello, buddy. Uh, we are so excited when you come down to the bottom line. Look at this place. You know, It's incredible. It's absolutely fantastic. And we're going to look forward to having you around a lot now going forward. Uh, obviously, what I want to talk to you about is life as a as a hockey player, we have to be honest, uh, your role was a little bit different than roles are now. We're going to talk about that, being an enforcer. And you got sick mitts. Like, you can play this game. Saw some uh, saw some black and white video of you. We're going to talk <laughs> a little bit about hockey then and now, which mm -hmm. is important. What's the game like when you played and I played? Mine was a little bit earlier than you. And, and where it is today, and obviously the changes that have come with it. And a very important topic, of course, the atmosphere of the game when it comes to inclusion. We know it's black... Uh, History Black Hockey month, History yeah. Month. Sorry, uh, we want to talk, dabble, dabble a little bit into that. Got tongue tied, and then of course your incredible podcast, the Sheriff Podcast. But first, we got to know the Sheriff. Obviously, it's a gunslinger. Talk yeah. to us about it. Well, I mean, the first time I actually heard that was when I was playing in that notorious Quebec league, the LNAH, and it was after a big win. We're in my owner's bar, and he comes up to me in a big, thick French accent saying, for now on, we call you Le Sheriff. So from that moment on, I kind of embraced it. Um, what I've kind of made it out to be is someone that patrols the ice, takes care of his teammates, and entertains the fans. Well, there's no question. And that's called the Liga North Americana de Hockey. Yes. Oh, is yes. that in French? Very good. Today, Ben. It means the uh, North American League of Hockey. I got a chance to be in Laval, okay. the uh, Coliseum, yeah. of course. You actually probably played there and saw a game. And and we'll talk about that in a few seconds. But now let's walk through your hockey career. Of course, you played uh, through the OPJHL here in uh, Toronto. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the OHL. You played for Kitchener, Mississauga, London, Ottawa. I could have said uh, instead of the sheriff, you could have been called suitcase. But I'll tell you <laughs> what, those are all famed te teams that you played for. So yeah. they saw something in you that they needed. Talk to us about the OHL experience. Yeah, I mean, I love it when I'm asked this because I had a great time in the OHL. I did play for a lot of teams, but I think I was blessed in a way because the career that I want to have now, I need to network with all these people. And, you know, the advantage that I have is I played with so many good hockey players and so many good hockey people. So... When I look back at the OHL, uh, what stands out to me is London and Oshawa. London being with the Hunter brothers is where I really kind of kind of got my name out there as one of the biggest, baddest guys in the league. And then Oshawa is where I kind of learned to play the game, started putting some pucks in the net and uh, earned that entry level that I ended up getting. Well, the Knights and, and the Generals, of course, being with the Hunter brothers, we've done some events there many years ago when they had the, the uh, Memorial Cup there. Unbelievable organization. Can't say enough about it. All right, then let's move on from that. You get drafted by the Buffalo Sabres, yes. 258th overall in the eighth round. Incredible. Uh, that was in 2000 which is fantastic. A lot of people, you know, somebody said, I never you know, played one game, which you did. Uh, and I always joke around with Wayne Kelly, who we had a chance yes. to say, ah, Wayne, you only played 57 minutes. And of course, his comeback is 57 minutes more than you did, Gooch, which is right. So you just getting those accolades of being drafted, playing for the Buffalo Sabres. Talk to us about how cool is that to be able to say, I was drafted in the National Hockey League. Well, I mean, it's cool to say, but what's more important for me is the fact that it was a family accomplishment. I mean, if you think about it, guys, uh, guys get drafted when they're 18 years old. Up to that point, their families have been with it through and through with them. And 
I believe that things like the NHL draft are it's like a family celebration. It recognizes the family's commitment to keeping that player in the game and being that part of that little tiny percentage to get picked for the best league in the world, right? So I embraced it with my family. I had an incredible barbecue at my house. Wasn't allowed to go because I wasn't rated high enough with the disappointment that I might not get drafted. Um, my agent had that rule, but yeah, family celebration. And I, I, I'm just, I, I adore it. I, I can't believe how great it was. Where was it? Uh, my draft was in Calgary, oh. um, but I was sitting in Scarborough, Ontario at my mother's house having a great barbecue. How appropriate it would have been to have you there in Calgary, which they should have because they lost the opportunity to see this personality. But now that you're called the sheriff, it would have been absolutely perfect for you to go back and I have never some thought fun. of it like that. Hey, listen, right. you got to think you're of right, those things. Right. Listen, also, then you moved on to you didn't you played. Obviously, we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, the Rochester Americans of the American Hockey League, uh, one uh, you racked up 43 fighting majors in just 64 games. So we can understand uh, you controlling the ice surface. Talk to us about the experience of being drafted and being sent down, obviously playing in the AHL. Uh, that is still an incredible accomplishment. Well, it is. And, you know, I'm very proud to have played like at the AHL level. Obviously, I got a sniff and I got the call up the one regular season game. But just being at the pro level, knowing that I followed guys like this my whole life, looking up to them. Now I have a chance to play professionally. Like it was I I, I took advantage of being able to to do the promotional events, the charitable events. I, I got out into the communities. I was so proud to be a pro player. So it was such a big deal to me. Well, and we know that you are, are very much a pro player in the way you speak and the way you articulate and you allow people to understand hockey's more than just a sport. Of course, it's a culture in a lot of the cities that you played in. So now you get, it's almost three, three years later after you've been drafted and probably a bigger highlight than I would think actually being drafted is you're playing here at the Air Canada Centre, which is now called the Scotiabank Arena, for the Buffalo Sabres against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Talk to us about that moment. Okay, well, let's back up a little bit. Um, my whole childhood, if I didn't have a hockey game, a minor hockey game, I would walk over to my grandfather's house, have hot chocolate, raisin bran toast, and watch Hockey Night in Canada, our Toronto Maple Leafs, against whoever they were playing that night. And that's how I grew up. That, that's in my upbringing. Um, I appreciate it so much. It was also a family connection. Having the chance to play against my hometown team in my hometown Saturday night, it was incredibly a dream come true. Oh, fantastic. Hey, listen, uh, you're watching Gooch Live right here at the bottom line. Lunch with Gooch and friends. The place has got people in it. Come on down when you get a chance. Best chicken wings on the planet. Plus, there's parking right out front. Well, once they get rid of the snow banks, I think that'll be done. And listen, all you guys that are watching, trust me, I got the enforcer here, the sheriff. And when he bangs on the table, it shakes a lot. So you can continue on doing that. We're learning how to deal with it. This table would be changed just because of this dude right here. We're going to make sure that we don't jiggle the, the, the cameras for you. Listen, let's talk a little bit about then after you playing in the National Hockey League and then obviously going back in the East Coast League and of course in the AHL, you then get a call and you're off to Belfast to play in the Elite Ice Hockey League. It is an incredible league. Talk to us about that. Well, the Belfast Giants have a very, very special place in my heart. One being, although I may not look it, I'm half Irish. So my answer, of course you are. 
my ancestry is there. Um, I was actually able to qualify for an ancestry visa, which was helpful for me, as of you course, know how that yeah. works. And I went over there, never really been so proud to represent a city and a team as I did for Belfast. Um, I was just so proud. I did very well there because I felt so comfortable. But one of the most important things was being an advocate in bringing the communities together between the Protestant and Catholic communities. And I learned so much from being a part of that. And I'm so grateful to have helped bring those communities together with the Belfast Giants. Sheriff, you're good. You're good. You're smooth. I love that. Uh, obviously, you then moved on to Dundee, yes. which is also a pretty cool place. I, I never played in the uh, the elite ice hockey league while I was in Germany, but I got a chance to meet Wayne Cowley, the owner of the bar here in Newcastle. I was playing for the Newcastle Cobras, and I got right to on. see a couple of games. Not only was it was good hockey, but it was typical North American, rough and tough and rugged. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, when I was there, there was 10 imports. So it'd be like two lines and two sets of D that would, would be mostly Canadian players. And man, it's a rough game. They love the fights over there. They call them hard men instead of tough guys. And, you know, if you think about it, if you're in the pub uh, doing a pregame and, you know, getting the pints down and going to see your favorite ice hockey team, as they call it, yes. um, of course, it's a party. And, you know, if the, if the hard man's going to stand up for your city and fight the other hard man, it's a celebration. So they, they love it over there. So I fit kind of fit right in. And uh, I was doing the right stuff for the Giants and the Stars. So just to make sure people understand, uh, in North America, we call it hockey. Yep. Outside of North America, it's called ice hockey. And the reason is they don't want to think that we're playing in skirts and hitting that field ball <laughs> all around. Not that that's not a tough game. Yeah. That's a tough, tough game. I've it watched is. it several times. Listen, let's talk now. You moved to the uh, Liga North America to mm. hockey, mm. and it was an incredible league. Uh, it was built around guys like you. And I just want to... I want to read one stat if you don't mind. Yeah. I can't say the name of the team because it's in French. Uh, the Saint Hyacin Top Design. There you go. That was in French. 48 games, five. Hang on a sec here. 527 penalty minutes. Hang on. Let's just one goal, four assists. You were the bonafide sheriff. Yeah, I want to point out that I was a stay-at-home defenseman that year as well. <laughs> Somebody said, especially the opponent said, wish you would have stayed at home because we would have had a better chance. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was an experience that I'll probably never forget. I mean, at that time, the, the league was kind of based around the tough guys. They were all the highest paid guys on each team. They had the biggest fan following, and they called it Le Show. So Le Show would be about four or five heavyweight fights. They ranked all the fighters one through five. And they really put on a production in that league at that time. And so those numbers just kind of symbolize the fact that I just played every game because literally that's what would happen every yeah, game. Unbelievable. I tell you, it just shows that not only are you a tough guy, but you're also very dedicated to the sport and really appreciate that. Let's now take coming out of that, obviously hockey then and hockey now. We had the chance to talk to you and Wayne and it was great. I was just sitting here like a kid in the candy store listening to you guys talk about some of the boys that you played against, yeah. obviously here in North America. And there's some characters that you played against in all of these leagues. Talk to us a little bit about then and now. The, the Obviously the game back there was and I came through the Broad Street bully days when my draft year you had to be tough and that's one of the things I wasn't uh, and certainly you went through that being tough now today the game has switched to maybe more of a finesse high speed still there's some toughness in the game but yeah. it's kind of dissipated a little bit talk to us about that 
Yeah, I mean, first off, I just want to point out that like I'm a big fan of the skill of the game. And like if I was a coach, you know, I think my team would be one of the most high highest scoring teams in the league that I coached in. Now saying that I had to play a role where that I had to do to play at the highest level. So I embraced that role. I learned about it. I studied it and I really became it. So I have a big respect for those tough guys that used to play the game. I know that the game needed to go in a direction of more skill, which I appreciate. But I also believe that we can bring back some of the old stuff with some education and some insurance. And I have a bunch of ideas that we'll probably talk about on another show. But now the game is now that the Olympics are here. It's a great way to compare it because the NHL is very close to that style yeah. where 10, 15, 20 years ago, it wasn't. But what's interesting is that the playoffs, you get a mix. And that's when the majority of the fans really come out to watch our game. What are the chances you could do the Michigan? I mean, I think if I tried about 10 times, that I'd probably get about three or four of them. I, I've tried it 20 times and still are an 04. Kind of like my fighting career. I think in junior, I was 0 for 66. Hey, thank you for coming with us, Barry Shelley. Always a pleasure. Thank you for the compliment. Great studio. And the studio is looking really good, Gooch. So is our guest right beside me, Sean McMorrow, from the podcast that is called The Sheriff Podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited to have you on. Listen, obviously, uh, coming out of this, we know that the game has changed. Uh, but just recently, uh, the atmosphere of the game requires inclusion and and i as a a uh, a white guy if you want to call it that never saw color i just i played the game i know a lot of people say oh, that's cliche it was i didn't i just played the game and i, I you were my opponent yeah. as a or you were my teammate talk to us a little bit about that obviously you growing up and going through it you obviously saw some trials and tribulations there was a a time where you know uh we'll, we'll talk about willie o'ree who wasn't even looked upon as an NHL player because of the skin color? Well, I mean, it's it's a very sensitive topic, but it's also very important to me. Um, I think the biggest thing to point out is that, let's say things are changing a little bit now with programs that are happening, but 20 years ago, if you were a hockey player, as I've said before, you could be in an arena and you could be there and have nobody look like you. Because I would sit there in the arena and wonder, how come nobody looks like me? That's how come point. I don't feel welcome unless I'm beside some of my close teammates? And that's the real thing that we have to focus on is the inclusion. And there's programs now like Seaside Hockey with our good friend Kirk Brooks. Kirky. Um, yep, that, that, are, that are solving that problem. A lot of people want to be like, you know, hockey is for everyone and, and, and this and that. But really, what does that solve? Nothing. What we need is programs to get more kids out there that feel comfortable so they don't feel how I felt 20 years ago playing. Amazing. We are going to have a show. And we'll get Kirk on it. And we'll do a show just about the inclusion of hockey. And I'd love to follow up with what Kirk and, of course, what you're going to be helping out. Obviously, this being uh, Black History Month, we need to touch upon the Willie O'Ree, the jersey being retired, uh, Jackie Robinson of hockey. I got a chance to meet him at the Hockey Hall of Fame for his induction. What a wonderful, wonderful man. And if you were sitting right beside him, he's a very short, petite yeah. guy. But I'll tell you what, a tiger. Like, this guy's got energy, even at his age, and such a polite human being. Uh, so honored for him. What does it mean to you to see that moment happen in the Boston uh, Gardens? Well, it's, it's heartwarming. One, because of the recognition. Two, because of all the people that he's given the opportunity to, to be able to play. 
Um, one thing that people forget about is the big difference between Willie O'Ree and a guy like Jackie Robinson, who I absolutely love, is that hockey is a sport of violence, especially back in the 50s. <laughs> Willie probably had to fight almost every single game that he played. And it might not have been an all-out gloves off, but guys tried to probably take his head off, right? And he was brave enough to stick with it and stick with it and stick with it and make it legitimate and let all the people after him have an opportunity to play. And that's the biggest recognition that I have is the heart heart of gold that the man must have had. Oh, and he did. There's no question. Getting to meet him, that smile and the fedora, it brought back history. Listen, Black Lives Matter, of course, has come upon us. It's been a big, huge part of it. I got a chance to uh, work with a guy named Martin Hune over in Germany. He, uh, even still today, they still have struggles more. So not just hockey, but soccer has been, and we will get into it a little deeper at another show, but yeah. it still has not gone away. It's crazy. And so today I just read on Sportsnet, racism, ignorance, hate. There is no place for it in our game. Hockey Diversity Alliance, of course, is doing a great job to try. And, but it just can't be a day. It just can't be a month. It's got to be 365 days a year that we acknowledge this and we put it to rest because, uh, as you probably know, you're part Irish. Who would know? I'm part Métis. I never had the struggles at all through my childhood because I, I, my parents, I never lived or understood my my heritage. Now that it's been brought to my forefront, I can look back and see what, what has gone tr and transpired. So we do all have to work together on it. Final part on that. Um, what can we do more today to help all of us understand that inclusion, and it's not just Black Lives Matter, it's all of it. When you get talk about the gay community, the LGBT mm -hmm. community, we have to be more understanding of the person and the journey. Don't look at the book of the cover, get to read the story and understand the journey that's with inside the covers. Yes. I mean, I, well, I want to thank you because I really appreciate you saying that. Um, and to add to that, I mean, what can we do? What we can do is we can support programs like Seaside Hockey. I mean, like, like that straight up. I mean, we can talk as much as we want. We could all yell Black Lives Matter every 10 seconds for the next 10 years. But unless we have programs that are involving kids that before did not feel welcome and now they have a place to feel comfortable, see people that look like them and be able to actually compete in the sport, then we're going to see a difference 10 years from now. Then we're going to see more people included. And it all starts with the programs like Seaside Hockey. Lunch with Gucci and friends. And I can't thank you enough for being here. Obviously, we're talking hockey. We're talking all around an encompassing part of the game. And what I think is important now is to talk about the podcast. You know, uh, the Sheriff podcast. Uh, when I started this uh, back in 2019 with the Hockey News, uh, we thought it was going to be a weekly show and we were just going to, I was traveling the world and Paul Rosen was sitting in the studio just down the street here at the Hockey News and we were excited. This is going to be, I was in front of the Opera House in Sydney. I was on the Berlin Wall just outside on the Brandenburg Gate. Uh, I had the opportunity to do a show at the airport in Adelaide, Australia. And the one that was incredible is where I was at the Great Wall of China, where the Beijing games just start in a few uh, days. Actually, tonight's the first uh, game and the opening ceremonies uh, is on my mother's birthday. God rest her soul. What a celebration. Uh, talk to me about how you got why a podcast? Because we all jumped into it. You're, you're over a year into it. So you're doing a great job. And I just want to hear your journey because it was a great journey for me. And I know it's the same for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I I get excited when 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 people ask me because it's it's such a 
important special thing that's part of my life now and and I'll, it's for, for many reasons which i'll tell you why but how it started was um i actually have always wanted to do it um i i have close friends like anthony stewart for example that would say to me you know what man you just need to find a guy that's like a fan but he's a tech guy and he just really wants to help you start something and long behold i did his gentleman the gentleman's name was kyle warner um he was a big ahl fan that used to follow me we started um uh, the, the the sheriff podcast together um since then with family commitments kyle has moved on i've focused more on having a single man show with my producer who's also my brother-in-law danny granger Great guy. um so there's so many aspects of the show that get me closer to my family um I do the recording from my mother's house in Scarborough. Um, I get to reconnect with incredible buddies that I used to play with. That's what we were talking about, like the OHL, those six teams. Yeah. There's all these guys that I had a special connection with that I get to reconnect with because I want them as, as characters, on my, as characters, strong characters, guests on my show. So I'm just blessed. I'm blessed to be a part of it, and I, I hope it continues. Well, uh, you're not only, as you say, uh, a great ambassador for the game, but just as important, you're a big hockey fan. So... Yeah, I'd be remiss if we don't talk about uh, your favorite team right now. And I think I'm going to hear the Toronto Maple Leafs come out of you, even though you're drafted by the Buffalo Sabres. Am I right? I am. But Saints. see, as a kid, yes. But now I seem, with my favorite teams now, I seem to go with the people that I want to succeed the most. Okay, great. Bruce Boudreaux, right, was at, was at a, 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 the Primetime Sports Entertainment con a, a Conference in Toronto, and I got a chance to meet him. I got a chance to know how wonderful a man he was. And a week later, he gets hired by the Vancouver Canucks. And they have this incredible win streak. And I'm just like, I can't believe this. It's because of Bruce, how amazing this man is. Yeah. So I'm on the Vancouver Canucks bandwagon right, right now. Good to hear. And I was born in Vancouver. So there's there there's, a, there's a second reason. Well, and then, you know, one of the funniest lines, I've said this a couple of times, uh, Bruce, here it is. Yes. Bruce. Oh, and yeah. funny, at his first press conference, he said, just wait till I go on a five-game losing streak. Be, Bruce, <laughs> there you were. Bruce, there you were. So talk to me a little bit about that, being a hockey fan now and watching, you know, the likes of Matthews, who's just tearing it up right now. Uh, McDavid, Dreisaitl, of course. We talked about Eric Kunuckle, uh, the player of the century in 2000 for the Germans. I tell you what, uh, Leon Dreisaitl is on pace. But we also saw Tim Stutzler, who uh, is also a, a, an incredible player almost get a Gordie Howe the other night yeah. uh, a fight mm -hmm. he's not known for fighting yeah. took a pretty nasty cut so he's he's been blessed with it scored the overtime winner uh talk to us about being a fan I know you said about yeah. the hockey you know the Vancouver Canucks any way we can get you over to the Winnipeg Jets because we're struggling a little bit talk to us about being a fan of the game yeah, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the game. I get excited just hearing all these names and stories and stuff like that. And like, again, like that's why I think that it is good that the NHL has gone in the skilled way because I'm I love seeing Matthews doing all these moves. I love it. The only thing I don't like is the stick checks. I think that things can change a little bit. Roughness can come back. But as a fan of the game, it's like watching an all-star game every single night. You know what I mean? So sometimes it's a, you get a little bit overdrive with it, but 
man, I, I appreciate all these characters. I think the NHL should, should showcase their players more like the NBA. And I think that that would be better for, for ratings and whatnot, because there's a lot of characters in the NHL. They just need to be recognized and, and put on a pedestal. A very good point about uh, recognizing the players today and bringing them out like basketball. I agree hundred percent. The NHL has suffered a little bit with all their PR nightmares that we've yeah. had. And, and, you know, it's great. Obviously we know that Patrick, uh, sorry, uh, Evander Kane situation now in Edmonton and you know the story I don't have to yeah. dwell on that but you know it's good to see that hopefully he's found it's a very small sample size but certainly with all the negativity that was surrounding that story hopefully we, we can turn that into a very positive story and we will discuss that a lot more I, I then want to end the show with talking about your real favorite team is the Toronto Maple Leafs we know you've got a tattoo I saw it earlier on on your ankle that uh blue and white talk to us a little bit about uh yesterday I was on the show and um, Jack Campbell really struggled against the New Jersey Devils the other night, three goals on nine shots. And me thinking I'm an expert said, hey, there's no way he should be put back in net tomorrow or last night. Jordan, I think agreed. I can't remember my producer. I uh, was doing a great job with this studio, may I add. Um, yes. And we kind of debated a little bit, but I was really strong in my opinion. I thought it was a mistake. I thought they should have stayed with Morazic. You know, Morazic came in and, and held off the New Jersey Devils in that third period and certainly played well enough to earn that, that spot. And then I asked... Jordan, who's a goaltender, do you not think if they go back with Campbell that it's 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 against Morazic and his confidence? He said, you know what, maybe it's better that they go back with uh, Campbell and allow him to gain his confidence back. And I'm the first to say I did make a mistake. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what you thought when you heard that Campbell was going back into net after having a very, very shaky start the other night. Yeah. Well, I mean, playing with the goalies, the, the one thing is, is that, and like, no offense, Jordan, but goalies are very, very different type of people. <laughs> really? We, we got to get that straight. Right? Breaking so, news. So, so now here's the thing. I, I mean, anyone that, that is brave enough to have a hundred mile per hour hard object being shot at their head and they want to get in the way of it. I mean, that's cool because it's for the better of the team. But now, so I believe that goalies are extreme personalities, right? And they really need to know that the coach has their back. So I just think it was just necessary. Wow. They want to go with Campbell. They want to win a cup with this guy. So they got to show him that he's the man. All right. But then I want to ask you a great, yeah. great answer. Yeah, yeah. Really well done. But then I got to ask you this. We all have seen that teams don't win the Stanley Cup without having two great goal or good goaltenders. Mm -hmm. You don't need a 1A, 1B. You need a 1A and even a 2. Mm -hmm. And Morazic, uh, Jordan loved this guy coming in. I, I didn't really know. I knew he was soft a little bit mm -hmm. uh, using Keith's language. Um, you're going to need Morazic to go long and deep into the playoffs. And this yep. team is very frail. And we have seen a frail side of Campbell. So yep. I would have thought in the other way saying, all right, you're in the spot. Let's put you in there. We know, you know, that Campbell's going to be our main guy. But we're going to need you down the stretch, A, to make the playoffs, and B, win us a few games in the playoffs. So that was my thinking. Any thoughts on that? I mean, I I think you're right. I think what they did was they brought Mrazek into the coach's office and they explained okay. him the exact reasons what they were doing and that they still had his back. That's what I believe. He said, I'm right. And you heard it from the sheriff. I love to hear that. All right, listen, as we wrap up, I just want to thank you and all the great things that you're doing. I know we're going to be doing a lot more with Kirk Brooks. I just love that name. He's just been uh, a master. We've done a couple of events together with him. And uh, we're really excited about, you know, going forward with Barry Monroe and Shoot for a Cure. 
and of course yes. connected and and mental health issues as you know are a big topic concussions we will talk about that on our next show mm -hmm. how important is it for us to do what we do collectively as a family because hockey is a family yes. right once you meet somebody you and i like it feels like i've known you for 100 years already mm -hmm. and i think that's what makes hockey players just a little bit different i know that i can go back to germany right now hadn't played for 30 years, sit around a table, just like our audience right now with Danny in the background and Jordan. And we could just sit down, pop open a coffee, uh, pop open a beer I met, drink a coffee, and we would just as if we never left. How important is family to hockey? Family is huge to hockey. And, you know, like like me and Danny were discussing on our on our walk up here from the condo that, you know, hockey is so unique that even if there's quarrels between guys, if we all work together, like all those things that you just mentioned, all those all those foundations and charities, if all the hockey guys would just work together, we could get everything done. Everything could get done, right? And we can put personal things aside and we can really work on what's important. And that's why I'm so happy that I met you the other day, brother, because I am all, me and Danny are all in, brother. We are all in on anything for the better good. And when it comes to the hockey family, that makes it even better. We are family, the Pointer Sisters. Hey, listen, uh, final part is I just want to reiterate how great this has been with Sean, the Sheriff McMorrow. How do we get a hold of you? What can we do? How do we follow your podcast? I know Jordan's going to put it up there. But talk to me a little bit about how we get to see you live on your podcast, the Sheriff's podcast. So the Sheriff podcast is on all platforms, on Instagram, um, Facebook, uh, we're on Spotify, Apple Music, um, Anchor. Um, Danny runs the sites for, for all the Sheriff Podcast uh, social media sites. So we also have a YouTube channel, the Sheriff Podcast, which is very, very new. So please subscribe to the YouTube. Um, but we're just thankful for anyone that listens to us because we honestly, we just want to put really good things on a platform, anything for the better good, anything that you're involved with, we want to we want to put on a pedestal. So I just want to thank everyone for all the support. And uh, if you tune in, you'll be entertained. All right, listen. You TikTok, Twitch, tweet, and all that sort of stuff. Do you know how to do that stuff? I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm still trying to figure it all out. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure we got we got everything. We got it's all the Sheriff Podcast, TikTok, um, I, I, maybe Snapchat. We're not in yet, but I, everything else though. But but Instagram and Facebook are our two main um, uh, camps there. The Sheriff, the Gooch. What a great show! Thank you for being here, buddy. That was fantastic. Hey, listen, check it out. The Sheriff Podcast, Sean McMorrow, an incredible interviewer, an incredible interview, and you know what? A great ambassador to the game. I do have to do the shameless plug, take the jersey off my back. You don't want to see what's under this. <laughs> I should put it on his body and he take it off. Here, Greek God, Greek God, salad, and of course, uh, with a lot of feta cheese. All right, you've been watching Gooch Live right here. Lunch with Gooch and friends, and we're going to go have a Greek salad and some chicken wings to celebrate the joining of us working together and, of course, taking the jersey off my back. Make sure you check it out. We have a special jersey on there. Not only is this one special, but we have the original Jet, Bobby Hall, the original Jet. Not the game-worn jersey, but a jersey that has the Winnipeg Jets 
logo of 1972. And when you see this, it's actually got a little hockey player on the jet. You got to make sure you check it out. Check out our podcast, of course, every day on our, all of our platforms. I know we TikTok. I know we Twit. I know we're on Apple. I know we're on Spotify. Heck, we made me on Shopify. Who knows? All right. Thank you for being here at lunch with Gooch and friends right at the bottom line. You can have a seat in the live audience when you want to come down and enjoy some incredible chicken wings. Brought to you by the good people of the Hockey News and Fired Up Network. You've been listening to Gooch Live with your host, Carrie Goulet, better known as The Gooch. Brought to you by the Hockey News and Sports Illustrated. 